Hey everyone, welcome to the Green Scene Podcast. I'm Jeremy Safran. TGSP is the top global cannabis podcast. Everyone has questions and we'll cover the stories that matter and showcase the guests who make a difference. Hey everyone, welcome to the season three opener of the Green Scene Podcast. I'm Jerry Safran and we're super pumped for the guests on this week's episode. First though, what a summer it was, huh? We watched the market mature and the players within it survive. Well, they posted their first numbers and some didn't. Now, if you're a cannabis investor like a lot of our listeners, you've noticed a steep decline in those charts. Investor appetites weakened, but it's now stabilized and it seems to be even growing again. Edibles and concentrates also hit the market this December, most hoping just in time for Christmas. So what does that mean? Opportunity. And apparently it's just getting started. And our next guest knows a thing or two about that. The chances are if you followed cannabis, you've heard of Bruce Linton. Bruce is a co-founder of Canopy Growth, the largest cannabis company in the world. And he also had an interesting summer. Canopy Growth's co-CEO, Bruce Linton, stepping down from his post, shares dropping. Bruce, Let's show you what's uh, you're going You're credited on. with bringing in the Constellation Investment in the first place and here handing you your walking papers. Do you really agree with but just because he's not a canopy anymore doesn't mean he isn't a driving force within the industry. In fact, he may be playing even a larger role. What does he have to say about the markets today? Have patience. We're just getting started. All this talk of profit and managing companies is actually quite harmful to the stocks, frankly, because what it says is um, we figured it all out and now we're going to dial it in, which is entirely incorrect in my opinion. We have begun to figure out THC and CBD very much only begun. We do not have very much of an idea of the other 138 cannabinoids, and we for sure do not know much about how to use them in concert with other things. So part of the reason the stock market has uh, slowed down for these areas is because people have been willing to do what money tells you to do, which is foolish. Analysts and money people say, well, you need to be a sustainable business. No, what you need to be is a dominant actor in a global enterprise and have shareholders who can see that, and they will continue to give you money because they're going to make a lot more money later. And if you have to do a lot of digging to figure that one out, Google Amazon. It's a small company that's doing okay. So what's happened to the stock market? Bruce says that the shareholders have become more sophisticated and skeptical. But the companies have an opportunity here to really stand out. Uh, well, if you look over the last three years, I'd say there are, you know, you, you, you probably count better than I do. But what are there five times more businesses in the space in the last three years or ten times more businesses in the space in the last three years? And how many new investors are there in the last three years, uh, family office, institutional, and retail? I'd say right now today there are less. So if you have five or ten times more businesses and less investors, and the investors have become more sophisticated and skeptical, the result is that they are going to uh, get better deals than the entrepreneurs creating the businesses. And so the solution to that problem is one of two things. You decrease the number of businesses by consolidating, or you increase the number of investors by starting to uh, show that your intellectual property and results are impacting segments like pharmaceutical, segments like alcohol, segments like vaping, uh, segments like veterinarian care. And if you start to do that, then you will attract more investors into the space, which is actually, uh, you know, I think should be the goal when you're out walking around as a founder CEO is to say, how are the actions I'm taking in my company likely to recruit investors that are not currently in the space? because they will actually pay more actively than the people who are just retrading it. Now, you've seen the headlines. 
Well, back here at home, it's been exactly a year since Canada became one of the first ever countries to legalize recreational marijuana. Now, Canadians have been able to grow and buy pot, but edibles, extracts, and topicals, well, those have been off limits. That is, until today. Canadians will soon be able to legally consume a new range of cannabis products. Edibles, such as baked goods, candy, and cannabis extracts will be available this December, as well as topicals like ointments, creams, and even makeup. But the government is setting strict rules on them. Each individual package of edibles will be limited to a maximum of 10 milligrams of THC. And packaging must be plain and cannot appeal to children. Also, cannabis products containing alcohol, nicotine, or caffeine will be prohibited unless it's natural caffeine like what's found in chocolate, for instance. The new market opening up in December has a ton of entrepreneurs excited to cash in on the industry. And it's a well-known fact that other delivery methods outside of consuming cannabis and smoking are very popular. Interestingly enough, Bruce says that Canada is ahead of the curve here, and even more than the U.S. because the companies in Canada had an opportunity to access capital to really build out these products over the years. For instance, remember that landmark $4 billion investment from Constellation Brands into Canopy that Bruce led? Well, he says that was because the company had already invested and invented their cannabis beverages. Well, I would say the reason they came in is Canopy was already done figuring out the beverage. The question is, you know, what kind of containers do we want? How do we want to build a factory? But uh, over the course of the first year of being involved, it was very clear, I think, to anyone who was watching that we'd been at this a long time. We never even told them when we did the first deal that we'd actually kind of been spending a lot of time inventing beverages because if the first deal didn't happen, it wouldn't have been beneficial for them to know what we created. Um, so what I think they'll bring is the acumen of price point specifics and or certain considerations about market launch and strategies. But the actual creation process took more than five years and they've been invested really just a couple of years. The federal government today warned Americans not to use e-cigarettes following several mysterious deaths linked to vaping. The Centers for Disease Control also said there are 450 reported cases of lung illness in more than 30 states tied to vaping. We still do not know what is causing these illnesses. It's very frustrating for them. So these are people who are vaping THC and nicotine or other cannabinoids, CBD. So all kinds of mix and match. It's very, very difficult to hone in on one thing. And so far, they say they don't see one substance that is linked to all of the illnesses. In New York, they say it is a focus. They found a lot of concentrated vitamin E in THC vaping cartridges. And they, basically they're saying, these are not cartridges coming from uh, medical dispensaries in New York. These these are black market products, stuff that people are buying off the street. Who knows what's in them? Until this investigation points to a substance or a product, they're recommending that people not vape. The industry was shook with the news that vaping may indeed come with some health problems. And according to reports, illegal vapes with THC has made some people sick over the years. But there's some good news here, Bruce says. We can regulate it. I think there's two things happening. One is that an unregulated supply chain, including the devices, that's either unregulated or underregulated, it creates liabilities because, you know, you're basically asking your dealer to be completely careful with your life, which isn't a super smart deal. Um, but I would say that um, if you ask any kind of medical expert that relates to the functionality of your lungs versus the functionality of your digestive system or your lymph nodes and said to them, is it a better idea to have an active ingredient enter my body on a recreational basis through my lungs 
or through my gut or through my lymph, your lungs are probably the last choice. It is a great, I think it's going to become a terrific medical dosage platform. And I think that there will be all kinds of medical applications for vaping because of the instant onset or very rapid onset and the ability to control those very accurately. I'm not sure that all the anti-smoking, anti-vaping campaigns, the cascading news, it's going to be a tough category over time. What did Juul do today? They just uh, helped uh, their tobacco benefactor write off at four or five billion dollars. You know, th- these past practices that were the best practice disappear when a new practice, which is better, arrives. Uh, introduce the car and tell me how many horses you sell. What is the medical market? It's a discussion of things like bioavailability, toxicity, yeah. minimum, maximum dose, effectiveness, efficacy against which indication does this sponsor a uh, any kind of downside risk? Are there uh, adverse reactions in terms of profile of uh, mental state? All the things that relate to medical will define intelligent products that go forward in the recreational space. It is, it is the point of the, the spear that will really uh, work its way through everything. Canaccord recently announced cannabis sales in Canada are to reach $3.1 billion by 2020, despite slower growth. Bruce says that part of the panic on the investment side is inconsistent coverage and representation within the financial community. I'm seeing zero advanced representation on a consistent basis. You know, I liked what I saw with Canopy two days ago, but uh, you need to explain to people that the market will be materially larger when 2.0 of cannabis products come out because there's a retail platform that has zero inventory. These products are actually desirable to a segment of society that doesn't already buy cannabis illegally because yeah. the, the, the product set that you're getting will actually be things that can be socially introduced more easily than you know, rolling a joint and smoking at somebody's house. And so I, just, I think that um, the combination of the inventory capacity of the LPs, the distribution functionality in the provinces and the fact that the products going into the stores will actually be socially normal um, should make it rip more than two times. As we wrap up this week's podcast, we wanted to ask Bruce a fun question. Very simply, what's something you would have done different? Maybe redo it a little bit. And the answer surprised us. Now, he was working so hard to get to 10 billion, he forgot to take time to smell the buds. When we announced the $5 billion investment in August and it closed on uh, November 1st, the culture that I led was very much one of action and progress. So everybody came to work knowing that there was a purpose in what they were arriving to do and that they were intended to be extremely productive. And so when I got that check, I wish I would have actually taken the time to have like a, a big celebration or at least make a t-shirt. But instead we threw the cash in the bank and we focused on our purpose and became more productive. And so it's too bad because I think those are those occasions where no one will give me a check for 17% of a five and a half year old company again in my life. And if they do, they have all the rights entitled to fire me for giving me that check because it's a pretty serious check. But um, next time I would make a t-shirt at minimum and I wish I had it because um, that would have been an occasion to mark rather than to accelerate. But we had a plan for 10 billion so $5 billion was just a good starter check. So what's next for Mr. Bruce Linton? Well, he's keeping busy. My goal was never so that I could actually have capital so I could become an investor and spend a lot of time analyzing, you know, spreadsheets and potential of EBITDA and blah, blah, blah. That, that's, um, that's not really sort of my thing. So um, I'm more interested in leading people and leading people involves uh, running a company. So I'm getting a little more active with a handful of the companies uh, that I've put some cash in and that that's more and more rewarding. But, uh, you know, frankly, I spent 
sort of four months wandering around the wilderness trying to figure out exactly what was going on, who was doing it, what did I believe in, what did I not believe in. And, uh, you know, now at least I feel like I'm a, a little bit more vectored in on being productive, but, uh, you, you know, you, um, you don't find 4,000 or 4,500 really focused and motivated people and have them join together under a banner. And, uh, you know, you kind of work 724 at that and then leave and immediately enjoy equally the next thing. You know, what you do is you get busy so that you don't get bored. A huge thanks to Bruce for coming on this week's show and making time for us. And to you, the listener, who helps keep TGSP the number one global cannabis podcast every single week. And alas, if you're panicked about the cannabis market, take a breather. It's just taken off. We'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us on TGSP this week. We hope you like the show. Don't forget to go to our website, www.thegreenscenepodcast.com, subscribe to us, and rate our podcast. We'll catch you next week.